Section 11 of Birds and All Nature, Volume 6, Number 4, November 1899. Recorded for LibriVox.org by Tavarish. The Parakeet. I am sorry, wrote a little girl from Terrytown, New York, to the editor of Birds and All Nature, not to find in your magazine any more the bird talks to the little folks. I used to read them with so much interest. Are there to be no more of them? Other little folks have written to the editor in much the same strain, so that this month the parakeet will speak for himself. From my photograph, he says, you will notice that I am fond of gay dress, green, blue, yellow, orange, chrome, and red being my favorite colors. From my brilliant coat you would judge me to be a tropical bird, but I am not. I was born and raised in the United States, as was my family, therefore I am an American citizen. In appearance I greatly resemble my cousin, the glib-tongued parrot, but for some reason, though my tongue is thick and short like his, and my bill is charmingly curved, I cannot talk, that is not to be understood by the human family, I mean, for among ourselves we keep up a very lively conversation, in very loud tones, a mark we think, as do some other folk, of good breeding. On the other hand, there are people unreasonable enough not to like it, and they say we scream, and that our notes are ear-splitting, and that, though we are beautiful to look upon and extremely docile, our voices render us undesirable as cage-birds and pets. The idea! As though we do not consider that very fortunate. For a cage is a prison, no matter if the bars are gilded. For my part, I prefer to be free, even if I do have to hustle for a living, and, between you and me, I think that a bird that can screech and doesn't screech when shut up in a little cage doesn't deserve to live. He ought to be killed and stuffed and set up in a museum for people to gape at. Don't you think so, too? It is a great pity, but we parakeets are fast being exterminated. In some regions where less than twenty-five years ago we were very plentiful, not a parakeet is now to be seen. We were once quite common in Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, Pennsylvania, and other parts of the United States. We are now to be found in diminished numbers in remote localities only of the lower Mississippi Valley and the Gulf States and in some regions of Florida. To escape from our enemy, the plume hunter, we make our homes in practically uninhabitable regions. That is a long word for you little folks, but spell it out slowly as I did, and you will understand what it means. Our nesting time is during February and March. Then colonies of us parakeets sometimes numbering a thousand, flock to a cypress swamp and build our flimsy nests in forks of trees near the end of a slender horizontal branch. Often there are fifty nests in one small tree, each containing from four to five pretty greenish-white eggs. It is a good thing we build our nests in wild and unsettled places, for they are so flimsy that the eggs are plainly visible from beneath. What a temptation to the bad boy they would be, and to the bad man also. Some parakeets, however, 
choose a hollow tree in which to deposit their eggs. Well, I have told you about all I know of myself and family, so we'll close by reciting in my very loudest and prettiest screech, so that all the neighbors may hear a few lines about a Mr. Macaw, who was silly enough after escaping from a cage to return to it. He is a cousin of mine, a distant cousin, for he was born in South America, but he wears the same colored coat and vest as I do. His tongue is just as thick, and his bill curves like a parrot's also. Mr. Macaw's Lesson Mr. Macaw was tired of his cage, too much of a prison for home. Mr. Macaw was in a great rage, and so he settled to roam. The cage door was open, the window too, strange chance, both open together. So he took his chance, and away he flew, but alas, it was wintry weather. Wind from the north, ground covered with rime, a frost that made your limbs shiver. Poor Mr. Macaw, this was not like the climb on the banks of the Amazon River. So Mr. Macaw grew wise as do men, when taught by experience bitter. He flew back to his cage and determined then he would never again be a flitter. End of section 11. This recording is in the public domain.